friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Hi, reader. We've got an awesome author visit to share with you today. We're all hard at work on the third season of Reading Bug Adventures, with some great new adventures to exciting new places in store. But we're not ready to release them just yet. So, while we wait, I'll be posting bonus episodes, like this one, to introduce you to some of our favorite authors. We're very lucky to have authors visit our store and nearby schools. And the Reading Bug and I want to make sure you get a chance to meet them, too. You'll get to meet some of the authors who inspire our adventures, and you'll also get to learn all about what they've written and how they write. On this episode, we get to meet the amazing and hilarious Mac Barnett. Mac has written some of our very favorite books for kids. His picture books include two Caldecott Honor and E.B. White Read Aloud Award-winning books with John Classen, Sam and Dave Dig a Hole, and Extra Yarn, and his books Leo, A Ghost Story, illustrated by Christian Robinson, and The Skunk, illustrated by Patrick McDonald, were named two of the 10 best illustrated books of 2015 by the New York Times. Mac has also written novels, including the Brixton Brothers Mysteries and the Terrible Two series. And he's just released the second book in the hilarious new Mac B. Kid Spy series. We love Mac and are thrilled to get to share him with all of you. So why don't we all fly to our bookstore together to hear from Mac? It's time for a Reading Bug Adventure author visit. Want to play a game with me? Sure, Reading Bug. What do you want to play? Super Secret Spies. I have my binoculars and night vision goggles, and I'm ready for action. Okay, Reading Bug. But first, would you like to meet a real-life spy? A real spy? Are you serious? Oh, yes, 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 yes! Well, my friend, author Mac Barnett, claims he was once a real spy. As a kid! going on super-secret missions for the Queen of England. And he's coming here for a visit. A real spy? Here at the bookstore? Oh, I'm so excited! But, Lauren, if he's a real spy, do you think we'll even know he's here? Yes. How do you know? Because he's walking through the front door right now. Oh, hey. Hi, Mac. Don't worry. 
Your secret's safe with us. Welcome to the Reading Bug Bookstore. Hey, Reading Bug, how are you? Great. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> yes, Mac, thanks. Let's introduce you to everyone. Hello from the Reading Bug. We're here today with New York Times bestselling author Mac Barnett. Mac is the author of many hilarious picture books, middle grade series, and now early readers too with his latest Mac B Kid Spy. His books have sold over one million copies and have been translated into 30 different languages. Mac, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So we'll talk about Mac B in just a minute, but you've written so much wonderful material for kids that I'd like to go back in time a little bit and talk about how the Mac Barnett came to be. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think I, I figured out I wanted to write really early, probably when I was in second or third grade. I used to make books all the time. I would draw pictures in them myself, tie them together with some yarn, give them to friends, give them to my mom. Uh, and I think that's really, I think that's when you become a writer, when you make a story, not because someone told you to, not because it's your homework, but because you just felt like it. Um, but uh, I didn't know what kind of writing I wanted to do. Uh, so I didn't know if I wanted to maybe be a novelist or a journalist or a poet. Uh, and when I was in college, um, I was an English major, which meant that I read a lot of books when I was in school. And then on my summers off, I worked as a summer camp counselor with kids. And I would tell kids stories and read them picture books. And that's when I figured out that kids are just about the smartest, most curious, most interesting readers a writer could have, at least for the kinds of stories I wanted to tell. And I decided in college that I wanted to write kids' books. That's great. So what was your very first published book? My first published book was called Billy Twitters and His Blue Whale Problem. And that is about a kid who gets a blue whale as a pet, but it's a punishment and it ruins his life. Billy Twitters and His Blue Whale Problem is awesome. That was really your very first published book? Yeah, that was my first picture book. And actually, I had a, you know, I had a wild experience here doing a, a visit with the reading bug. Mm -hmm. uh, a few years after that book had come out, uh, a kid came up to me at a school. We were, we were visiting a school. And, uh, and, and she said, this is the first picture book I ever had. And she was a, she was a fully grown kid who had gotten that book before any other kid. And, and it, was, it was doing that school visit with the reading bug that I realized that I was becoming an old man. Oh, no. So thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> that was actually, Billy Twitters was one of the first books that uh, we put out when we, uh, when we opened the reading bug. So yeah, because the reading bug has been open for nine years. nine years. And Billy Twitters came out nine years ago. That We've been sense. doing this the same amount of time. Wow. So. Does yeah. that mean I'm old too? <laughs> no. Oh, no. No, it We're doesn't. Both old. No, it doesn't. I'm just aging faster than everybody. <laughs> yes, it's just you. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> so, you've worked with many wonderful illustrators in your many, many, many years. And um, they include Caldecott honor winning collaborations with John Classen for Sam and Dave Dig a Hole. And this also won the E.B. White Read Aloud Award, my favorite award for picture books. That's my favorite award for picture books, it is. too. Let's talk yeah. about the E.B. White Award a little bit. That's such a neat one. Um, and it, it's about 
It, well, tell, tell us what the E.B. White is about. Well, I think it, it, there are two things that I love about it. One, it's voted on by, by booksellers, and I think booksellers are just, they read a ton, and, and they're generally pretty smart people, so it means a lot that they like your book, but, but it's, it's for reading out loud. It's, it's how does this thing sound and feel when it's shared, and that's something I love about picture books is that Sometimes you read a picture book by yourself, but more often you're reading a picture book with someone else. There's maybe somebody reading a picture book to you, or you're reading it to another kid, or maybe you're in class and, and, and uh, you're all listening to a picture book together. And picture books are meant to be read out loud. The Caldecott's such a cool award. It's the most famous award for, for picture books. But the way that it's officially given out, it's given out for only the pictures, not the text. Um, so, you know, when Extra Yarn got a Caldecott honor, that meant that John got the award. It's it's for him. John. John. He let me he let me see it. He let me see it. That was nice. It was nice. He didn't let me touch it, but he <laughs> let me look at it. Uh, and I that's not really how picture books work, though, right? Picture books are stories that you tell with words and pictures together, and and a lot of the time you tell them out loud. And the E.B. White Read Aloud Award, I think acknowledges that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, hey, Mac, you mentioned that you used to tie your homemade books together with yarn as a kid. Was there a connection between that and the extra yarn book? I think that uh, probably just like a love of yarn. I do love <laughs> yarn. I love yarn. I love wool. I wear a lot of sweaters. Uh, so that's probably down there somewhere. But, but the extra yarn, the book came about actually um, because I saw a picture that John Clausen had drawn when he was in college. We were friends before we started making books together, and that's pretty weird. Most of the time, the author and the illustrator in a picture book don't even know each other. But John and I were friends before we made books together. We were friends before either of us had made any books that were out. Um, and I saw a picture that he made in college of a girl and a dog walking through the snow wearing matching sweaters. And I really liked this picture, and that's where I got the idea for the book. And that's a little weird, too. Well, most of the time with picture books, the text comes first, mm -hmm. and then an illustrator comes in later and draws pictures. But Extra Yarn started with a picture that gave me an idea for a story, and once I'd written the story, then John went through and, and made pictures for the rest of it. So with you and John, when you worked together um, also on Sam and Dave Dig a Hole, did you have words first, or did you guys start collaborating together? Sam and Dave, we started doing that. We were having breakfast together, and we started talking about um, the shape of books, what's called the trim size, and all that means is how tall the book is and how wide the book is. And we were talking about like tall, skinny books and, and how they feel like if, if they were tall like that, that the story should either move up or move down. Mm. And we thought down was a more, inter more interesting direction to go in than up. John and I both liked digging holes when we were kids. So I started making up that story and John started drawing the sketches out uh, on a napkin and, uh, and it really started together at, at breakfast. So now I'm going to get you in big trouble. All right. You've already worked with so many hilarious illustrators uh, and authors, Jory Jean, Greg Pizzoli, Adam Rex, Dan Santat, many others. Do you have a favorite collaborator? You know, that is really hard. I think that um, every collaboration is a little bit different. So um, sometimes, like when I worked with Elise Parsley, mm -hmm. uh, 
she and I didn't know each other at all, and we didn't talk at all during the process. Um, and then sometimes, uh, like Christian Robinson, who did Leo, he is a friend of mine, and we talked a little bit, but uh, I wasn't, you know, if he asked me a question, I was happy to give him my answer, but I didn't expect him to do whatever I told him to. The, the book was his, and I was just somebody that he might want to ask something. So we did talk about it a little bit, but, but, um, but not a lot. And then with John, we sort of make things together, and every book is a little bit different. Um, but I don't think either of us um, have another relationship like that. And John's my really good friend in real life, um, but we also work together so closely when we're making books. Um, and that's really special to me. I think that, I think that the books we make together, um, we're able to sort of push each other to, to places that we wouldn't be able to get to otherwise. Um, and, and, and that makes that collaboration really special. Mm -hmm. So here's a question that won't get you in as much All right, trouble. yeah, yeah. I sort of avoided answering the last Good one. Good for you. I just described things. It's friendship. I it's think friendship. Actually, you, you described your friendships beautifully. I like that. It's important to have good friends. So especially when you're working together on things as important as books that are getting out there into kids' hands. That's right. Um, it, it just shows in the work, right? Well, so uh, the question is, do you have a favorite book that you've made? That's a good question. A favorite book that I made. I have three that are, are, are kind of in that top tier for me. One is called Guess Again. And that's the second book I ever mm -hmm. wrote. Adam Rex did the pictures for that. One is called Leo, A Ghost Story, and Christian Robinson did the pictures for that. And one is called The Wolf, The Duck, and The Mouse, uh, which uh, John Clausen did the pictures for. And also won an E.B. White Read Aloud Award. Yes, I, can, can you even did. believe, can you, I just can't even believe that. But that's, I, I, <laughs> I think that says a lot. I mean, about all of your work, and actually, I think, Almost every book you've written should have an E.B. White Read Aloud Award. I agree. Speaking of, so booksellers, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, I, I don't know if they've read Mac B yet, but clearly that is, that is waiting for that award. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, it's probably my favorite chapter book of yours, uh, Mac B, Kid Spy. Although I do admit I do have a special place in my heart for the Brixton Brothers. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> I do love Me those. Me too. I really uh, do. Thank you. That means a lot. And the Terrible Two series. Yep. So with you and Jory John, and yep. especially when you came here and talked about it. Yeah, you had all the kids at the store on the floor laughing. Speaking of laughing, can we talk about Mac B. Kids by now, Lauren? Mac, I just love the book. Can you tell us where you got the idea for it? Sure. So Mac B. Kids by, that's a wild one for me because, you know, my, my first... It's my 32nd book, and my first 31 books, they're all fiction, right? And fiction means that the story is made up. But Mac B. Kid Spy is a little different for me. It is my memoir. Or as some people say, people like me, my memoir. Mm. And what that means is it's stories from my life that I'm remembering. It's when I was a kid, the people I knew, the places I went, and of course, all the spy missions that I went on for the Queen of England. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's where I came up with the idea, by sitting and, and remembering all of the wild times I had uh, traveling all over the world to recover the crown jewels. Wait, seriously? You were a spy? Look, 
you know, a lot of people have trouble believing it. Some people <laughs> are incredulous. They Good come point. at me, thank you. <laughs> they come at me with all sorts of skeptical questions. And, you know, if you look closely at the book, you'll see that it's uh, shelved in the fiction section, which I think is outrageous mm -hmm. and offensive because I put all of my personal truths in there. But yeah, the author's note says right there, it says, my name is Mac Barnett. I am an author. But before I was an author, I was a kid. And when I was a kid, I was a spy. An author's job is to make up stories. But the story you're about to read is true. This actually happened to me. This is very interesting. Powerful stuff. It is really. very powerful. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how one is a spy before an author. I mean, I like the idea. Yeah. Well, spies and authors have a lot in common. Mm. Uh, you have to watch the world closely. Mm -hmm. You spend a lot of time by yourself <laughs> reading. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's always good to have a notebook with you, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if secretly you might still be a spy posing as an author. That's a good question. Publicly, I am no longer a spy. I'm mm -hmm. just an author. But secretly, who knows what I am secretly, right? Um, you know, the you know the story out there, what, what, I, what I will say, what I'm willing to say on the record on this podcast, I'm going to give you just the party line. I retired when I was a kid, uh, and uh, I've been just living my life as an author since then, uh, with some time in between for high school. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. I, I wonder what the readers think out there, but I'm I'm sure we'll hear. Readers, you can you can you can figure it out. Let us know what you what you think. Mm -hmm. You can write to us on social media at Reading Bug Box or at the Reading Bug and tell us what you think of of Mac's life. Send your theories. Send your theories. So, in addition to Mac B, uh, is there a book out there that you wish you'd written? Yeah, there's so many books out there that I wished I'd written, but one, uh, a book that came out um, a couple years ago uh, that is, is one of my favorites, and I, I'm, I'm very jealous of it. It's called Do Is Talk by mm. Carson Ellis. And it is the story of a flower growing, blooming, and dying, uh, but it is all told in bug language. So all of these bugs are living next to this flower and building forts in it and living in it. But, but the story is not in any language that you have ever seen before. It is written in bug language. Um, but you, by the end of the book, will understand uh, what the bugs are saying. You learn a new language uh, reading the book. You learn how to speak to insects. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's such a cool book. And... Um, I'd never seen anything like it before, but it showed the kinds of stories you can only tell with picture books, and, and I'm always excited by that. I wonder if the reading bug can translate for us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you think so, reading bug? I'd be happy to try. Well, that's a really neat book. I, I, and it's, it's interesting, when you have a book like that, everyone gets something different from it. Yes. And looking at that right away, I, I didn't quite understand what I was looking at, and the way you are explaining it to me, is another whole view that I never would have thought of. I think it's so interesting too because when, because grown-ups we read picture books a lot, mm -hmm. and um, 
the experience that we have when we come to that book is is different from the experience that a lot of kids will have with mm -hmm. it. Um, because I know a lot of kids who, who love to read picture books and they may not be able to read uh, every word on the page. They may know some words or they might not know how to read any of the words, but they can still figure out the story mm -hmm. and they can decode it from the pictures. And that's a way that a lot of kids I know learn how to read. And that book forces us as adults to go back there and we don't know the words either and we have to learn again. And it's one of those books and I think this is, this is true. A lot of times we make a mistake as adults and we think if something is hard for us, it's gonna be even harder for kids. Mm -hmm. But actually, some things that are hard for us are easier for kids. Yep. And, and that book, I think, uh, shows that. I totally agree. Yeah. That's really neat. So what other authors or illustrators inspire your work? Some of my favorite authors and illustrators. When I was growing up, I had a lot of uh, picture books that my mom bought me at garage sales and yard sales. So I, was, I grew up in the 1980s and the 1990s. But a lot of my picture books and, and chapter books were from the 1930s, the 1940s, the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. And that was great. I love so many of those books, and they still mean a lot to me. Yeah. So Margaret Wise Brown is one of my favorite authors of picture books. Um, Arnold Lobel, who wrote the Frog, the and, Frog Toad and Toad books. I love those mm -hmm. books. James Marshall, uh, I think, is one of the funniest picture book, maybe the funniest picture book writer we've had. I love George and Martha. I love George uh, and Martha, The Stupid Step Out, mm -hmm. and then there are all of these books, some of them aren't even in print anymore, and I'll find them at the library, and I just always, there's always a page that just makes me laugh so hard in a James Marshall book. Yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to kids who want to be an author when they grow up, what would it be? I think the most important thing for authors to do is to read, to read all the time. The more books you read, the better you get at writing. And that does not stop when you graduate from school or become an adult. It is still the most important part of my job. And I love to read. It's one of my favorite things to do. But it's also the most important thing for me to do every day. So even though I'm a writer, I'll tell you a secret. I don't write every day. Sometimes I don't even write for weeks but I read every day and that's going to work for me. That's really important to do. Read books, read all different kinds of books. Read books that you like, read books that you think you're not going to like, but then maybe it turns out you do like. Read books that you know you don't like and figure out why they make you so angry. I get more ideas from the books that I wanna throw across the room than I do from the books that I like clutch to my chest. Mm -hmm. uh, Sometimes, sometimes reading a book and not liking it will inspire you to write a book that's even better. So the more you read, the better you get at writing. I totally agree. In fact, so we interviewed uh, Daniel Jose Older um, a few weeks ago, and he actually had something similar to say about not writing every day. And I think that's so interesting because there's this, it seems to be a stigma that if you don't write every day, yeah. you are not a writer. That's right. But that's not true. No, I think that's right. I think that it, it's hard. You know, writers get stuck and, and they can't figure out what to write next. And I remember when I was a kid and that would happen to me, I would feel really discouraged because I really wanted to be a writer. But I got stuck. Sometimes I wouldn't have ideas or I didn't like making lots of drafts. And now I am a writer as my job and I still get stuck. I still run out of ideas in the middle of a story. I still don't like making drafts. I make them, 
but I don't like that part of the job. There are lots of parts of the job that are hard, and I think you're right. Sometimes you'll hear writers say, get up at five in the morning before the sun rises, light a candle, <laughs> and fill your, fill your house with beautiful smells of sage and <laughs> sprinkle potpourri across your desk and then sit down and, and, and just write from your soul every morning. And that's not the kind of writer I am. And if that is the kind of writer you are, that's great. But the important thing is to find out the way that you write, the thing that works for you, that gets stuff that you feel proud of out onto the piece of paper. And that's different for all of us. Mm -hmm. So it's very clear that you love writing and you love what you do. But if you couldn't be a writer or a spy. Sure. Okay, so what my- What would you be? So, so I was a writer and a spy. Other jobs I've had, a painter, a camp counselor, a substitute teacher, uh, and let's see. Oh, I was a janitor at a high school, but mm -hmm. in the summer, at a, no, at an elementary school, but in the summer, so it was pretty easy because nobody was there to clean up after. <laughs> uh, so I think none of those jobs, I'm gonna put all those jobs off the table. The thing that I thought I was going to be uh, I gave myself a year after I graduated college and I said, in this year, I'm gonna try to write a picture book because that is my first choice job, picture book writer. But if I don't, I'm gonna go back to school and I'm gonna get my PhD, which is a fancy degree that takes seven years to get, and I was gonna get my PhD probably in medieval poetry Ooh. and become a medievalist and I'd probably grow a very large beard, <laughs> big enough that some owls could live in it, and I'd spend all of my days reading books that were written a thousand years ago. That sounded pretty good. It still sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to see that. I think I'm not sure anybody wants to see yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today, Mac Barnett. You can buy Mac B. Kid Spy at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Mac, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I had a really fun time. Goodbye and thank you. A very special thank you to Mac Barnett for visiting with us today. To find and buy all the great books by him, visit thereadingbug.com slash authorvisits. Reading Bug Author Visits are mixed and mastered by Resonate Recording and recorded live in our children's bookstore, The Reading Bug, in San Carlos, California. Please continue to support The Reading Bug and support independent booksellers whenever you can. For a personalized selection of books handpicked by me and the rest of our Reading Bug staff and delivered to your door each month, you can visit readingbugbox.com. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. 
You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.